Hi everyone and welcome to the pre-match show ahead of Huddersfield Town's Carabao Cup second round game against Everton on Tuesday night. Uh, delighted as always to be able to bring you this preview show. Massive thanks to Sports Broker, our partners, who make these shows possible, both the pre-match show and the post-match extra time show. Big, big thanks from everyone at Huddersfield Town to Sports Broker. Delighted to be joined by uh, two experts of the field in the two teams that are going to be involved tomorrow night. Uh, Stephen Chicken, I'm sure you all know from the Huddersfield Examiner, is a regular guest on this show. And also we're delighted to welcome along Patrick Boylan from The Athletic, who is the Athletics Everton Specialist. Stephen, Patrick, thanks for joining us today. Hey there. Nice to be on. Patrick, we'll come to you first, if that's okay. Thanks again for, for making your debut on the show. Um, let's talk Everton, first of all. Um, they're, they're a real tantalising tie for Huddersfield Town fans, that's for sure. You know, it's a, it's a great task. What are you expecting from Everton at this point? In only two games into the Premier League season, of course, we're now four games into our league season. So what, what's your early thoughts on where Everton sit this year? The Rafa Benitez, of course. Yeah, so it's, it's obviously very early days, but I think we've already seen a, a pretty marked departure from what was kind of the, the, the modus operandi under Carlo Ancelotti last season. Kind of Benito's choosing to attack with much more pace. They didn't much money to spend this summer, still in uh, a bit of trouble uh, with regards to kind of adhering to financial fair play. So they're having to be careful, but they spent 1.7 million and the 1.7 million there was on Damari Gray. And what Damari Gray has done is come in and almost immediately revitalised the attack. They were laboured one pace last year. Gray is the complete opposite of that. And while he may not necessarily have always clicked, fully clicked at a club, there's still a really high ceiling there. So they're attacking with much more pace. They're, they're, they're breaking quickly. They're, they're playing on the counter. I'm fascinated here because in the two games so far, they've had less possession than the opposition. Uh, at Leeds United on Saturday, it was around 30%. And even at home to Southampton, I think it was 45-ish. So um, I'm fascinated to see what happens when the onus is on them a little bit more. We've still not seen that under Benitez. So you'd assume against Huddersfield, they will have more of the ball. And I'm kind of looking to see what they do when they're not essentially countering an open play. Mm. We've seen, we've played against plenty of Rafa Benitez sides over the years. The Newcastle side that was the best team in the championship when he was in charge, of course. Uh, are you seeing the the hallmarks of what I consider a Benitez side? So very good defensively, uh, a lot of emphasis on wing play and fast wingers. You just mentioned Damari Gray there. Is that how it's panning out early doors for, for Everton? Yeah, we, we definitely see an emphasis on wing play. Uh, Damari Gray and Andres Townsend came in over the summer uh, and Richarlison's being used on the left as well. In Benito's very early doors, I identified that Everton's key attacking weapon is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And in turn, Calvert-Lewin's main strength is, is kind of his aerial ability. He's fantastic in the air, scored more goals than, than anybody in the Premier League through that avenue over the last couple of seasons. Um, so definitely in that sense, in attack, we're seeing kind of a lively, flamboyant and vibrant Everton side. Going the other way is where I still think the biggest improvement needs to come. Benitez, as you say, is renowned for being tactically astute for compact teams that defend well. And we've not seen that really yet. They've played two games in the Premier League, but have made three errors leading to goals already, for, for my money. Uh, the statisticians won't um, count them as such, but I, I do. Um, I've seen kind of Michael Keane giving the ball away against Southampton on the opening day, leading to, to Adam Armstrong's goal. And um, they've just looked a little bit befuddled, a little bit confused. 
not typical of a Benitez side. And I think even he said after the game on, on Saturday that it's going to take a while for players to adapt to his new system. There's going to be a transition period where they move from Ancelotti ball to Benitez ball. And we're still, while in attack, we, we've already seen some signs of promise. Defensively, they have been a little bit all at sea at times. He won't be happy with that. He really won't be happy with that. And he'll want to see a, a pretty marked and an immediate improvement there. Steve, where do you see this game falling in town schedule? It's a very busy August, which is why we took the opportunity to play the first round game before the league season got underway. But coming into the back of it with two wins, often you hear managers and head coaches talking about the, the cup being a welcome distraction from the league. But in a sense, we don't want to be distracted from what's just happened over the last week. Do we? Yeah, exactly. Like, sort of straight away after Saturday's result, I said, like, oh, like they almost could do without that cup game on Tuesday. They almost want to to go straight into another another league game at this point. So, but I think it's um, obviously this won't be Carlos's message to the players or anything like that. Um, but I think the pressure is off town a bit on this fixture. I think as long as they're sort of respectable and you know keep things on the the sort of the, the right side of uh, of uh, the ledger in terms of performance, I think people would, you know, accept that Everton are, are more likely to go through in this fixture. Um, but it is a good chance to, for one thing, it's a chance for a shock. If you do manage to pull off a shock, that could be a huge moment in the season. You know, that you, you can't just say, well, Everton have won it, doesn't matter. Because, you know, if you do manage to, to pull off a, a surprise, then that's huge for the players psychologically, even bigger than the last two results they've had. But also it's a good chance for for some players who maybe have, you know, we, we know that Town have had a bit of a, as most teams have, a bit of a disrupted pre-season in terms of COVID and uh, one or two players injured. Um, thankfully, nothing like the, the numbers of last season. I think it's a chance for some of them to get some minutes in their legs as well um, and and you know, put themselves in a better position going into another run of league games. Sorry, it's, it's funny that Stephen, Stephen says that because it's pretty much the same with Everton. I think it's a game that they could probably do without. And that's not doing the, the Carabao Cup a disservice here. It's just because there has been so much disruption here as well. They, they headed into the opener against Southampton with, with five players isolating due to COVID. Plenty of others have had COVID already during pre-season and numbers have dwindled to the point where you actually wonder in some cases whether Benitez will be able to rotate as much as he would have liked for this game. So I think it's, I think it's the same for both sides. The only difference here is that the pressure is all on Everton and that, that's with regards to what we were saying about possession earlier, making the running, carving out chances, winning a game against a team lower down in the, in the pyramid. But also because Rafa Benitez at this early stage in his Everton tenure knows that he needs to win games and an early cup exit against lower league opposition when you've already got the baggage of being former Liverpool manager having made comments about Everton in the guise of um, Liverpool manager, um, that wouldn't sit well at all. Ever Everton fans, I think unlike most teams, kind of top six and below in the Premier League. Everton fans place great stock on the cup competitions. They We haven't won a trophy since 1995 and people want that to change quickly. So 
you've almost got this bizarre scenario, and I, I don't like this binary situation, but if, if you gave Everton fans 14th and a Carabao Cup success this season and silverware, and then the other proposition was finishing, let's say, 7th or 8th in the league, they would take the former every day of the week. And that's the problem here for Benitez. He's got injuries, he's got COVID in camp. He needs to rotate to some extent to keep players fresh for the league, but he can't do it enough that, in effect, a, a giant killing is, is on the cards. We, we know that Benitez's is, is, his track record in the Cups is is excellent as well. Like He's really good at, at getting getting through these competitions. Um, I'm literally sitting, staring at a picture of Steven Gerrard holding up the Champions League trophy here. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know full well that, that Benitez has that capability in, in knockout competitions. That's probably been his great strength in his career. Um, and he's maybe not won quite so many league titles as he as he would have yeah. liked. So um, he'll know how to come into this game balancing up, you know, wanting to give more people minutes and give alternative, you know, give a few players who haven't played much at an appearance while still trying to get the result. And it'll be interesting to see what Carlos does. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking here before we've spoke, had a chance to speak to Carlos and see what his intentions are for, for, for the game in terms of selection. But we know that against Sheffield Wednesday, he played a strong team. He wanted to, to get through because town in the Cups, I mean, that, that beating Sheffield Wednesday on penalties is the first, you know, Cup game that progressed out of since, was it 2018? Um, and, you know, they'll, I think Carlos will, will want to, at least his stated aim is to be competitive in every game. And if you can be competitive against Everton, uh, even if it is a weakened Everton lineup uh, or a rotated Everton lineup, would be a big statement. Steve, what would you do? I don't know because previously I've said it's well, it's the Carabao Cup who particularly cares. But I think I don't know. I think that when you you know you think about that FA Cup defeat to Southampton um, in 2020 or going out to, to and completely different circumstances because of the levels of opposition but going out to Lincoln uh, a couple of years ago um, going out to Rochdale as well last year fans do still grumble about it and I think it is different because it is you know it's a Premier League side this time but you know you need to at least be able to stand up to them a bit so I think I would be tempted to to sort of make four or five changes, but not 11 kind of thing. You know, you've got players to look at who have been either not been able to feature in pre-season or have been able to feature only sparingly or, you know, play, players who are coming back from injury or from COVID. So the likes of um, Harry Toffolo or Danel Sonani or Rolando Ahrens. Um, and again, we'll see what Carlos says about them, but these are players who, who need minutes. Uh, so I think you need to sort of, almost target as, you know, well, whatever happens, whatever the scoreline is, we're going to get this player on with the, with 30 minutes to go, regardless what's happening, and, and see it as an opportunity to do that. You would also like to think that the team, if you do make four or five changes, if you just float that idea and keep them with it, wouldn't look like it did against Lincoln. You know, like, yeah. like you said there, that Harry Toffolo, for all intents purposes is a first team regular is one of yeah. the first names of the team sheet he's just been injured oh he's had COVID sorry 
Um, then El Sanani as well. You know, it isn't like you're going to look at this and go, I don't know him and I don't know him. It should still have a different look to it, given what we've done in the summer. Yeah, it's not going to be like that Plymouth game in January where you were playing a lot of um, a lot of current academy players. Um, you wouldn't have thought you maybe there's a chance for one or two to sort of pop up and, and show what they can do. But obviously, we know that the, the town of of gone about strengthening the squad a lot and I've been keeping track of the absences this year um, just for my own spreadsheet so I can say right well this look back and say right well they had eight players missing in this game and three missing in this game and the number of absences has been coming down and down consistently you know we, we I think we only had sort of three or four um, out um, against Sheffield United and that's positive so I think it's it's good to see that list coming down, but what you need to do now is get those players that have come off that list back up to full fitness and back up to uh, to fighting form. Yeah. Patrick, I want to ask you the same question. I know you haven't had the chance to speak to Rafa Benitez yet. We're recording this before the press conference today. What what are you expecting without any kind of inside knowledge or, or, or having spoken to the head coach? Because you look down at the squad list and there's some really good players in there that aren't playing. You know, we watched Anthony Gordon, for example, against him last season on loan in the championship. He was excellent that day. There's some opportunity for others perhaps here. Yeah, I think so. And to, to almost echo what, what Stephen was saying with regards to town, I think Everton will look to, to almost go half and half here. So you might see a bit of rotation, but not total rotation, because it obviously puts puts the team at risk of, of, of losing the game and losing the tie. Ancelotti did the same last year. Like like I say, Everton managers have to pay respect to cup competitions. If if they don't, they'll be in trouble with the fan base quite quickly. Um, and he got through the first few rounds. They played the likes of Fleetwood and Salford. Um, and they, it was almost like five or six changes here, five or six changes there. I'll probably expect the same this time around. What I would say is, yeah, Everton have got a deep squad. It's it's too deep in some areas and, and not deep enough in others. What they would like to do, as as is the case now, basically across, I think, the footballing pyramid is trim, ideally, trim trim those numbers. So it may well be that some of the lads that play are ones they are trying to shift before the close of the window. I'm thinking of a John Joe Kenny, a right back, for example, who who could come in for, for Seamus Coleman. But in other areas, I mean, I was I was sat in in the press box at Ellen Road as Dominic Calvert-Lewin was doing his uh, post-match media duties. He's had a toe injury. He's played the opening two games, but has not done any full training over the last two weeks. And he was heavily limping, and that's Premier League football at times after a game. But when you put it together with the context, the extra context of him not training, they're having to manage him very carefully. Richarlison as well, a really key player for Everton. He, well documented now, played in two competitions for Brazil over the summer. I think it was about 60 games last season. So he will need a break. And I'm not entirely sure playing him away at Huddersfield Town and effectively the first round of the, the Carabao Cup for Everton is, is, a, is a high priority. So that puts certain parts of the squad under strain. Where where you may be able to take Pickford out for Asmir Begovic in goal, and that's a pretty decent replacement. If you lose Calvert Lewin and Richarlison, you're a little bit up against it. And some of the other strikers are out injured as well. Cenk Tosin, the, the Turkish international, he's available for sale, but will not be back until September or October time at the earliest. 
Ellis Sims, who did so well mm. in League One with Blackpool last season. He's on his way back from, from surgery on a knee problem. So actually the, the striking department is, is lacking quite a bit of depth at the moment. And that gives Benitez some unwanted headaches. I think you'll see a few youngsters on the bench. I think you'll also see somebody like an Anthony Gordon getting an opportunity. Really excited to see what he can do. Because I think he's got a lot of potential and showed early doors for Preston. But as they started to really have to scrap for points, they, they ditched him. Um, but there's there's a lot of potential there. He's really quick, lively, dynamic on the ball. And the kind of player potentially that if he doesn't go out on loan, Benitez may end up using because he, he fits into that aggressive, dynamic wing play that he likes. So, yeah, I'd, I'd expect something a kind of half and half almost from Everton. Anything else would be a surprise. Not dissimilar, like you said. Absolutely interesting. Um, Stephen, bearing in mind that we are playing Everton, and whichever of those players that, that Patrick just ran us through play, it's going to be a really big task for town tomorrow night. And also bearing in fact that we absolutely do want to win and, and get through, of course, because that brings its own benefits. Is this an opportunity? We, we've watched town over the last two games, even when we won both, and I think we've been defensively really good uh, on the whole. But I think we all agree that attacking still feels like there's more to come. You know, we mm. saw some of that in the second half at Sheffield United. But do you think the potential freedom of not having those league points um, up for grabs on Tuesday could perhaps give the players a little bit more freedom to try and get into that rhythm, completely bearing in mind that Everton will be a top defensive outfit because of Rafa Benitez and the quality of play? Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I think you almost... If, if, if I were... You know, Carlos Goldbrand coming into this game, I would I would have specific tasks for players and almost specific drills that I want to see them go through and say, look, just just give this a go. I want to see you do this, and you know, almost don't worry about the result, more about the performance kind of thing. I want to see you, you know, trying to whatever it might be. I want to see you dragging the see if you can drag the defender this way, or see if you can um, get in behind, or. See if you can, you know, let's see if we can keep, keep our shape for the first 20 minutes and not not like a pre-season friendly because it's a competitive game. But, you know, you'll have those those sort of individual targets, which I'm sure players have in every game. But I think there's an opportunity to maybe try a few different things, knowing that it's that it's good opposition um, and almost sort of challenge the players to to see how far they can take it because I think if you give them the right challenges as well and ones that you think they actually have a chance of of pulling off then they'll go back into the championship thinking do you know what we can do this against the Premier League side we can do it against championship opposition and that's the flip isn't it and I'll ask you both about this from from town and Everton perspectives playing devil's advocate here and understanding everything that we just talked about there the flip to this is momentum because Everton come into this with four points from two games, which I think you'd argue is a good start, very good start. Yeah. Town on the back of two wins, uh, the best period we've had in the season. First time we won two win uh, two games in a row for for a little while, Stephen, as we know. December, yeah. December, yeah. The the flip to this is we've all got a game on the weekend. Then it's an international break. Mm -hmm. So is that temptation there? to play your strongest 11, to get through this, keep that momentum going into Saturday, and then your players are going to get the rest for the next fortnight, effectively, if you want to give it them during that international period. Probably less so Everton, Paddy, because you've got internationals going away, but we've still got a few ourselves. Mm -hmm. what, what, 
how tempting do you think that is for a Rafa Benitez, Paddy, for a for a Carlos Corberan, Stephen? That you you do have that, or you know, I don't want to arrest that momentum by making too many changes. Yeah, I, I think Benitez does have to be careful here because, with the best will in the world, he doesn't have the leeway that his predecessors had. Whereas there was a kind of a, quite a long honeymoon period for Carlo Ancelotti, and just the sense among the fan base of wow, we've got Carlo Ancelotti. There's going to be none of that with Benitez. And that's not to do down his managerial record. He's he's a top quality manager in his own right. But because of the past and because of the associations with Liverpool, a defeat here or there, a a cup defeat to to Huddersfield Town, and all of a sudden things look, the picture looks markedly different. I don't necessarily think that would have been the case for any manager that preceded Ancelotti. So there's very little wiggle room here. Like I say, Everton fans place great stock in the cup competitions. They'll want to see the side get through. And it's just about making sure that he does make the right decisions. He is astute enough to take players out of the firing line who need to be taken out of the firing line. And there specifically, I'm thinking about Calvert-Lewin, who was injured. Richarlison, who must be running on empty after the summer he's had giving some players who are going to be important in the squad this this year an opportunity to thrive and get some minutes. And also phasing back guys that haven't been around. I mean, Ben Godfrey only signed last summer from Norwich. He's already become immensely important to Everton, but he's missed the opening couple, couple of games because he's isolating. So the idea of giving him some minutes if, he, if he's come through that incubation period is quite tempting. And this is why you get this weird hodgepodge in reality of players that are kind of really important, key men, starters, a James Rodriguez, a Ben Godfrey, guys that haven't played with maybe a youngster here or there and a fringe player here or there. Um, There's no kind of coherent logic here. It's in each position, who's fit and available, how they're looking injury-wise, and then they take it from there. Thankfully for Everton, they have, as Stephen has mentioned already, they have Rafa Benitez doing it, so it's an experienced guy, an all-handed, this kind of thing. And you would you would almost back him, famous last words here, to, to navigate that pretty safely. Yeah, I think a similar, similar kind of thing. It's, again, we're sort of we're focusing a lot on selection, but I think that's kind of inevitable um, going into a cup game. And, you know, Town have got, five players who have played every minute so far in, in the league. Um, you know, Jonathan Hogg, Levi Colwell, Naby Sarr, Ali Turton, Sorba Thomas, and Josh Groman, Scott High on, on a million miles off that. So I think it's, we, with those players in particular, I think we know what they, what they can do, but you think about, you know, Sinani and Vallejo and Tom Lee's, those are players who need more minutes um, and need more time on the pitch and, and need a bit of, and I think the international break in a way almost sort of only increases the need to, to try and get them something because if you don't play them now and then you want, you know, you want to stick with the same league side on Saturday, then you're looking at another two and a half weeks before these players have, have a chance to play competitive minutes. And um, yeah, I think it's, in that respect, it's an interesting one. But as I say, it's also an opportunity for someone to sort of make a bit of a name for themselves. You know, if um, Danny Ward, for instance, can pop up with a with with a goal, that's huge for him. You know, we, we know that, you know, he, he, he 
will admit he had a bit of a nightmare last season. He's he's sort of trying to get up and running this season as well. You look at a player like him and you think, you know, if, if he can get something here, that's that's big for him. So I think that's it's looking for those sort of small victories, I think, as much as you can and and hoping that they can tie together into a into a positive result. Really interesting when you. I'm, I'm completely absorbed in Rusfield Town. Stephen obviously is our main man in terms of covering us. When you you speak, Patrick, about the issues and the things that Everton have to work through, and it's not massively dissimilar to no. the things that we're talking about here. Can I ask what what was the general feeling? What was your feeling? What was the feeling around the club when you drew Huddersfield Town away out the the Carabao Cup? Because there were probably there were more difficult draws on paper. You know, there's a couple of all Premier League ties, but equally some easier ones as well. You would say on paper, League One. I think there's a couple of League Two sides still in there as well. Yeah, I mean, referring back to, to last year, they got Salford in the first round at Goodison or the second round at Goodison, and then Fleetwood away. So I think ideally they'd probably like to have drawn a, a team even further down the pyramid so that they could, in theory, rotate a little bit more. I still think with, with, with clubs at this level, you have to be really careful. If you make too many cha- changes, particularly away from home, you make yourself susceptible. And there's not even the benefit here of, of extra time where, in, in effect, superior depth can tell. It's straight to penalties in front of home fans. And there's the real opportunity for, for a giant killing. So I, I think Everton would have preferred... To, to go lower down, to, to play somebody probably at home. Everybody wants a home draw at this, at this moment in time um, and avoid the travel. I mean, you look at Saturday, they're in West Yorkshire. I was in West Yorkshire. The idea of coming back to West Yorkshire, I love, I love, I love the region. It's great. But the idea of coming back to West, York, <laughs> West Yorkshire on a Tuesday night, they're back, they're back, is, is a little bit disquieting. Then you've got a, a trip to Brighton a long call trip to Brighton away on on Saturday. When you've got these issues logistically, when you've got part of the squad uh, isolating because of COVID, players like Calvert-Lewin needing to just put their feet up more than anything and recover without the travel. I think ideally you could do without this kind of trip on a Tuesday night. So um, it's one that, that it's one they'll pay close attention to. That they'll be fearful here, a little bit fearful. Of, of what could happen if they, they rotate too much. And I think they'll pay time the respect they, they absolutely deserve. Equally, Steve, you talk about the schedule, and there have been a lot of games. I think it's seven in total are playing in August when, when this gets through, but the scheduling has actually been relatively kind to us, hasn't it? You look at the last the last week we've had, and it was Fulham at home, Preston at home, Sheffield United not a million miles away, you know, and then, then another two home games this week. We've avoided that possibility of ending up travelling up and down the country at this stage of the season is pretty helpful, isn't it, actually? Yeah, I've only lost, left Yorkshire once, and that was <laughs> that was to go to Derby. Derby. So <laughs> it's not in million miles either. I mean, yeah, I think um, I think more than the travel, it's sort of the, we've talked about the away advantage, uh, the, sorry, the home advantage is, is back again this season. You know, we crunched the numbers for results before um before fans, you know, before games had to go behind closed doors and results behind closed doors and the home advantage dropped enormously. So I think, you know, town will have been really keen to get that that home tie, um, not just for performance reasons, but obviously, you know, you, you like to have your own fans in, you, you know, you want to have them, uh, you know, preferably you want every cup game at home, don't you? So, um, 
I think that that could be a factor. It'll be interesting to see how sort of the fans approach this one for me, whether it's, um, you know, seen as a big game, an opportunity for a scalp, or whether it's sort of, ah, well, you know, we're only bothered about the league this year. doesn't matter. It's, it'll be interesting to see how things, um, how things start at the John Smith tomorrow. And I you feel like the sort of the longer it goes without a goal, or even if town can get the opener, then it could suddenly get um, quite quite tricky for Everton. That, that's the big shame for me, by the way. I mean, obviously, traditionally, we've held great stock in, in the cup competitions as, as a nation. We, we love the idea of our teams going, the giant killing stories. The I mean, we tabloids talking about how player X used to be a bin man and all that kind of stuff. That we, we lap it up in the media and the fans as well. They love it as well. I remember Sheffield United being in, in lower leagues and going on big cup runs and that providing momentum in turn in the league. So to see that kind of falter a little bit, to see sides come into Goodison last season and almost fully rotating mm. for, for what should be a really big match and a really big day out, it's quite sad in a way. And we, we have this in the Premier League as well, where, where teams are so set on qualifying for Europe or avoiding relegation that they don't pay these competitions the respect they deserve. I, uh, that really disappoints me. It really, really disappoints me. I don't think last the, year, the, sorry, Steve, I don't think last year helped with the nature of the games as well. Exactly. The nature of the season. So we, I know when we got to January, and, and Stephen could could tell you this, we had real issues with injuries. Well, it was eleven changes, wasn't it? Basically, yeah, we changed the entire team, and 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 to a point, it was kind of out of necessity, Patrick. So I think well, it's the same. Yeah, it's a, it's the same. And uh, last season, I think was was just a drain on the players. Um, it was it was too much. It's probably too much for us in the media as well. If I could have a little moan myself, it was um, it was relentless. It re- really, really was. And uh, I remember hearing kind of warnings early doors from from people working in sports science departments of the strain it would put on players, the extra injuries that would come as a result of that. And thankfully, it's not quite as saturated the schedule this year. Certainly not for for Premier League clubs. I just want to pick up on something Stephen said as well about uh, home advantage. I mean, Everton traditionally have been really strong at Goodison and struggled a little bit on the road in the Premier League. Last year, that completely flipped on its head without fans. So the the away record was top four in the league. Home form, I think, was 15th or 16th. They were losing to all comers at Goodison Park. And I think we will see a reversion to type. I I was at Goodison on the opening day. From the point at which Everton equalised against Southampton, there was only one winner in that game. Equally, I was also at Ellen Road on Saturday to to see the 2-2 draw. And it was very difficult for Everton to, <laughs> to withstand the, the pressure that was being applied on the pitch and in the stands. After you've come away from Ellen Road, which was fantastic, 18 months without fans, their first Premier League game back at Ellen Road in I think it was since 2004, you're almost able to take on anything. <laughs> you're almost able to go anywhere and, and do whatever. I mean, Calvert-Lewin took a penalty in front of the home fans and the pressure he was under in that moment to dispatch the kick was was, was something else. So Everton won't be overawed, but Stephen's entirely right. What we'll see this year is a reversion to type. It'll be wins, the majority wins at home and the success, even a, a, a draw at Ellen Road becomes a, a good result. So so that plays into Huddersfield's hands a little bit here, I'd say. 
Absolutely. But I think if there's a tie in the round that, that could do the cup justice, Patrick, to your thing as well, it feels like this is a good one and, and certainly one that I'm looking forward to. I'm sure all the town fans watching are too. I won't keep any longer, chaps. Thank you so much for giving up your time this morning uh, for the preview show. Town fans, thanks for tuning in. As always, just a reminder that the tickets for this game are still on sale. Visit htafc.com forward slash tickets. £15 for adults and seniors, £5 for under 18. So great pricing. Hope to have a real packed out crowd there tomorrow night. I'm sure Everton will bring their full allocation as well. So good atmosphere, promised. Uh, thanks massive again to, to Sports Broker for all their support and allowing us to bring you this show. Really appreciated. Uh, and we'll be back with you on Tuesday evening for extra time. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>